Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. So good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Roosters, Senator, Grinder, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some scotch, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your eighth official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We'll also discuss cigar humidification and Senator's love of good wine, all among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we smoke Davidoff's Dominicana in Robusto. A beautifully constructed cigar from Davidoff, the Dominicana, which is a uh, five and an eighth by 52 stick, which uh, Rooster brought us. And interesting, Mm -hmm. has a pigtail on it pigtails are pretty common thing on some cubans i don't you don't see it too much on new world cigars correct that's true mm-hmm. and i guess the idea is that instead of cutting it i guess you just pinch it off you pinch it off so it has the normal davidoff band it has a white band that says dominicana and then at the foot there's a foot band that's gold which has the year 2014 on it so rooster what what's with the 2014 band so the 2014 band is for the tobaccos. The, all the tobacco in this cigar is from 2014. It's not a puro Dominican, Dominicano cigar. It has, I think the binder is Ecuadorian. So that means puro Dominican. It's means, not a puro. Yeah. It's not a puro. So Dominican. all the, all the leaves almost, are not from, from the DR. It's almost a puro Dominicano. Okay. But uh, yeah, the, 
the bind the the binder is from Ecuador. Interesting that that it's it called has, Dominicana, then, right, Rooster? It's mostly 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 Dominican tobacco. I have a question, it Rooster. It has five types mm. of tobaccos. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Bef- on one or two previous podcasts, we talked about the Davidoff line and how a beginner should go through the the line of cigars. You started with the one in two thousand series, and then you went to this, and then the Millennium. Is that now how? Is that how the, you? There's also well, you go to the two thousand, one thousand, two thousand. Right. Then there's the Grand Cru series. Okay. So you go through the Grand Cru series, and then and then you go into the Millennium. Okay. And then these are just. Uh, <clears throat> Where would you put that? And are they ranked? Is it is it a ranking of some no, kind? No, because this is a limited production. This, this is, is not a regular production. Oh, cigar. Okay. I didn't know that. So this you're not going to see all the time. Okay. You know, just like the Chef's Edition mm-hmm. um, and then all the other limited edition sticks that they come out with. They also have the Master Blend series. They have small batch. Right. All of that. So this is a limited time production. The cold draw is delicious on this. It is. Very, very tasty. You definitely could taste the aged tobacco. Yeah. It's, some it's, sweetness. It's really nice. It's very sweet. All right. So let's take that foot band off and do a light. So this cigar comes in three different sizes. It comes in a short Robusto, a Toro, and the Robusto, which we're smoking tonight. Gorgeous stick. Dark, oily wrapper. Great construction. As expected with a Davidoff, especially a limited. So these come in boxes of 10, and this specific Robusto is somewhere in the 20 to 25 range, depending on where you get it. A strong light for me. I'm getting it, getting kicked right off the bat. What about you guys? It's strong. It, there's a good. It's full flavored, but there's definitely some sweetness for me. Definitely full. Very nice. I I don't get as strong a bodied smoke on the light. I, I to me this is starting medium full. You're feeling any 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 sweetness there? Definitely. Yeah. Right. Definitely. It got that for sure. I so, mean, it, it tastes it tastes like a Davidoff. You know, me. Davidoff's doing a lot of these uh, hybrid wrappers now, which is interesting. I, you know, the Chef's Edition, I think, also had an Ecuadorian hybrid wrapper. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about the tobacco? Yeah, this one. Uh, so the wrapper is a hybrid leaf known as the 257. The filler in this stick has five different types of Dominican tobaccos. There's the Corojo... 99 Seco, Piloto Viso, San Vicente Mejorado Seco, and then San Vicente Seco and Yamasa Viso. I guess they're named after the different regions that uh, Davidoff has uh, crop. And the binder, so that, those were all Dominican, Puro Dominican tobaccos. The binder is another hybrid known as the 151 that comes from Ecuador. So that's on the, uh, you know, on what's in the stick. So that must be something Davidoff does is they, all the, all their catalogs, you know, their, their catalogs just have these numerical, numerical nomenclature. <laughs> the 702 comes to mind. That's the name of the tobacco leaf. That's that they just said, we're, this is 702. We have other name. We're going to call it, we're going to call it that. I guess they're just making hybrid plants with various seeds. and. Well, Henke's, Henke's just slamming different, uh, 
different cigars every day. Certainly, it's not that, something you're going to get in any other brand. Well, there's a lot that goes into developing a new, uh, new line in the tobacco, in you know, in the Davidoff lineup. I mean, there's a there's a lot that goes into it. They got to go, you know, get the seed. They got to they got to plant it. And it's a s- typical soil, certain region, and they're blending different uh, tobaccos to get the flavor profile that they're that they're uh, trying to achieve. This is not like a typical Davidoff for me. Not reminiscent of a millennium. So this is actually an. They had another Dominicana stick. It was called the Davidoff Dominicana a while back. So this is a reintroduction of this cigar. So it's a different cigar, but same name. Yeah. So similar to the chefs. Yeah, that's true. Right? I mean, chefs, each time they come out with the chef's edition, it's a, it's a completely different blend because different chefs have their different palates and they have yeah. their input into the stick. I'm getting... I'm, I personally am getting a lot of floral. A lot of floral. It's funny you say that. I, I also got some floral notes and even maybe some dried fruit and an oakiness. Definitely oak. Wood. Definitely like wood. Wood I'm, and a little bit of pepper. I do feel uh, the, dry, the dry fruit I'm getting a bit. It's sweet and a little peppery at the same time. And I agree with you, Bam, that this isn't like a typical Davidoff and that for some reason when I saw this dark wrapper, I was expecting <laughs> flavor notes like... Uh, like a Millennium or Maybe. like a, a 702 series where I was expecting coffee or cream right off the bat and it's more floral and some fruit notes and an oakiness. It, it's, it's very uh, it, interesting. It is a fuller flavor for me, though. So I agree. Fuller. I, I, I take think it's back. medium to full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm even going to take back the medium full. The first two puffs, I thought it was medium full, but five, ten puffs later, mm. it's a full body smoke. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll notice that it changes. I would definitely say that this is an intense stick as oh. far as as far oh, as strength yeah. goes. You know, you know. T- go back to our. We always talk about would you pull pull this out for someone who doesn't smoke cigars a lot or doesn't have a you know a bit you know right a big, right uh, pr- preference of cigars that they smoke. This is definitely not one I would pull out for someone. Yeah. This. Yeah. I agree. It's unusual for a Davidoff. Well, I also want to make a distinction. I feel like we always say things like, I wouldn't pull out this cigar for someone who doesn't smoke a lot of cigars because it's strong. And I actually think that there are some guys that don't smoke very often, but when they do light up a cigar, they love a full-bodied, full-flavored cigar. Absolutely That's a fair true. point. And they may just have one cigar that whole evening, and that's going to be that stick. That's a great point. So somebody wrote this about, about this particular stick. I'll read, I'll read off of it. It's from leafenthusiast.com. The Davidoff Dominicana is not a cigar you taste, it's a cigar you feel. From the rhythms of merengue to the local art blazing and bright and vivid colors, straight into the very ground from where the tobacco sprang. The result is a carnival of flavors unfolding as you enjoy the cigar with aromas of fresh spices dancing with dried fruits did the uh, senator write that ah, dried fruits you were right on with the dried fruits <laughs> well, listening to you re- listening to you read that uh I- i'm thoroughly convinced that puba a former ad man is writing oh yeah writing copy for <laughs> davidoff because that sounds right up his alley <laughs> and he has zero issues doing it 60 <laughs> percent of the time 60 percent of the time all the time <laughs> all the time 
you know what I, I we've we talked about this with the chef's edition. What I like about Davidoff is when they put out a limited edition cigar, they make it available. I, again, you can really get this cigar anywhere, you know, um, which is great. You know, a lot of people are able to experience this, even if they buy one or they buy a box of ten. You know, you can get this cigar. This almost reminds me a little bit of that Davidoff Robusto Intenso, but this is a smoother, less aggressive delivery of flavor than that cigar. That's a rooster morning smoke. Right. Right out of bed. Maybe in bed. <laughs> While I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Rooster's the only, uh, the only lizard, by the way, in the group who gets away with smoking inside his house. Oh, man. I mean... You know, we just redid our vows. So next 25 years, I'm set. You're good. A Lambergee. Yeah, six-pack of Febreze and uh, rabbit air cleaner goes a long way. You're good to go. six-pack of Febreze <laughs> from Costco. From Costco. <laughs> Listen, don't badmouth Costco, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to shit on Rocky Patel. I was at Costco yesterday buying scotch and a hot dog i spent way too much money on scotch on and wine and hot yeah, dog. how much the did you spend on is, the hot dog the hot dog is a dollar fifty for a, a hot dog and a oh, soda incredible I, have did you say, I can only imagine the people in costco when gizmo goes to check out because gizmo is essentially at this point the 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 source or the mule that procures he's the procurement manager crazy quantities <laughs> of that kirkland 12 year that we reviewed for all of the lizards so I imagine you roll through there with a shopping cart full can, of like 20 bottles of Kirkland and they're looking at you like. Can you explain what some of the reactions were when you were. I'm not even kidding. You're going to think I'm making this up. I don't know if I said this to the group as I was. So, I, all right. So I'm checking out. I have 14 bottles of Kirkland scotch and these are magnums, by the way. So that's the first problem. <laughs> so that's then, 20, 28 bottles. That's 28 bottles of scotch packaged in 14 could you, magnum could you tell plus. us in liters? How many liters is that? Uh, 14 times 1.75, about 20, 25 liters. That's a lot of liters of scotch. So not only do I look, look like an absolute crazy person checking out with that, but then I also have eight bottles of wine that I purchased for the holidays because, you know, my father-in-law is coming. We're going to be hosting. So I said, all right, let me get some wine. And I also had two boxes of McAllen yep. for, for Bam Bam, who yep. wanted some McAllen. Thank you. So as I'm checking out with my hot dog. <laughs> Wait, that's a different counter. No, no, no. I got my hot dog before I went in and it was in the bag. I like to let it sit. Yeah, but you, you paid for that first. The first thing I did was I get the hot dog. You paid for it. Yeah, you pay right. for it separately. So then I go get my stuff. I get my cart. Now I'm at self-checkout and they're ringing it up with the gun, you know, and I'm pounding my hot dog. And as I'm walking out <laughs> with my cart and my hot dog, I swear to you guys, I caught a woman taking a picture of my cart because she was so offended with the amount of alcohol I had in my cart. How was she, was she offended? Or? She was offended. Yeah. Maybe she was just Because I saw her. No, 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 no. I saw her look at her husband with that look that a wife gives her husband. Like, look at this asshole. <laughs> this alcoholic asshole. No. Very judgmental. It was very judgmental. And That's then I caught her and I said to her, I said, I like their scotch. <laughs> Like you said, you defended yourself. I, I just said, "Hey, I like their scotch." Did she get? Did you get a smile or anything? Uh, no, it was. She was not into it. And then, of course, I had uh, Mrs. Gizmo with me, was and she, she was completely embarrassed. Was she driving a Subaru? I don't know. No, you should was, have. Your comeback should have been. This should hold me over for a week. 
This is oh my, my weekly God. allotment. <laughs> I mean, they must think I'm a crazy person because that's all I buy is alcohol and a, a hot, hot dog. dog. Yeah, hot but dog it's the so. holidays. You could be buying so. those as gifts for people. I mean, a lot of people buy a lot of stuff at Costco. They load them up. That's true. So takeaway is, you know, typical Karen, whatever. Very that's typical right. Karen. And also that Costco has great scotch at a great price. A that's of, the big takeaway for me. A lot of good stuff at a great price. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Grinder. Of course. Rooster is a full-on evangelist of Costco. So the question is, though, like, what's, what's more <laughs> detrimental to your health? The, the 14 magnums of, hot of scotch or the hot dog? Probably, <laughs> Probably the hot dog. Probably the hot dog. You know what? You didn't, get a, you didn't get a, 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 you know, a side eye on the hot dog. But you know what? The hot dog, the hot dog vibe to me is I remember when I was a little kid and when I'd have to go to the doctor and get, like, like a vaccine or a shot or something, my mom would always take me to McDonald's after and I'd get like the, the, the McNugget Happy Meal. That is my adult version of the McDonald's Happy Meal is going to Costco and being the mule for you guys. <laughs> but I get this little reward in this delicious, <laughs> perfect hot dog. What, how, do you, how do you take your hot dog? I just, I just load it up with mustard. Yeah. Grinder. Okay. That's, that's I'm the a way mustard to do it. Yellow mustard? Yellow, well, they don't have many options there, yeah. Brown, so brown would be ideal. I like brown. Mustard. If I, I could, too. I mean, listen, if they had brown in the dispenser, I would do it. But I would love, I would love, I'm a mustard freak. I'm a, I've turned into a mustard freak recently. I'm a mustard freak. Big fan of the mustard. I didn't realize how much I like yellow mustard. There are some good yellow mustards. Yeah. Mr. Try mustard a, makes a great. Coleman's. Coleman's is the best. Coleman's. Coleman's is the best mustard. And I it only comes dogs, in a, but I like mustard. It comes in a little jar. Yeah. Coleman's. That's the English mustard, though. Yes. Yes. It, it, yes. It's, it's like horseradish, though. It kind it's of spice. It's, it's, it clears out your nostrils. Oh, yeah. It's so good, though. So I, I made, I made, I made a, I, so there's a, there's a macaroni and cheese recipe that I got from like Food Network one time where they call for like the sauce to put some Coleman's mustard powder in it. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm making this big batch of macaroni and cheese and I'm like, yes, yeah, it's going to be fucking phenomenal. It looks so good. Blah, 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 blah. I misjudged the amount of <laughs> Coleman's mustard to put in there. And I, and I literally have two, you know, that, you know, like the, the aluminum vats of, of like whatever that you get, like if, if you're getting catered, I had two of those of just mac and cheese and I tasting it and I'm like, all I taste is an overwhelming amount of horse English mustard. This is the worst. I threw out the whole fucking <laughs> the whole thing down the drain. I spent oh, hours making this making this macaroni and cheese, and I just had to ditch it. I think now here's a controversial statement. I, I want to get back to the cigar in a second. One of my favorite mustards in the entire world is almost like a secret menu item at McDonald's. They have a hot mustard at McDonald's. Most people don't know this. You get the McDonald's hot mustard, mind-blowing mustard, phenomenal mustard. I'm Is learning that, more about you, Gizmo. All roads start and end at McDonald's. Well, I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania. There weren't many options. He's knocking Nepa. <laughs> Stop knocking Nepa. So, so my hot dog is the yellow mustard, but with sweet relish. So I have a lot of good memories of getting the hot dog at the halfway house, playing around a golf with my aunt at, you know, the golf course. And she'd be like, here, have a hot dog. And we played all these rounds of golf. And just they, the, the place where we played had this fantastic hot dog. It was like the best hot dog. 
And when I came to when I came to New York City, and you're getting this hot dog on the street, the hot dogs they're like the thin, like it's like I don't even know what brand it Subret? is. Yeah, yeah, it's this like long thin piece of crap, and it's just like, like I'm fundy. paying seven dollars for this fundy, shitty hot dog. Fundy, fundy dog. It's a fundy dog. <laughs> So disappointing. And the dirty, you know, I call them dirty water dogs in the city. I mean, yeah. they're great when you've had too much to drink and it's yep. really late and it's the only option to get that and a, and a hot pretzel. But, man, those those hot dogs are not great. But they're <laughs> classic New York. You know, they're yeah. classic New York. I've spent, I've, I've had too many of those walking back from work, exactly. going up going up Fifth Avenue and just being like, I'm hungry. I just need a $5 hot dog that I'm going to eat. A dirty water dog. <laughs> And honey roasted nuts. Oh, those are oh, those are great. those are really good though. <laughs> those are so good. <laughs> it's just straight up sugar. So, what are you guys thinking of this uh, Davidoff? We're about an inch, inch and a half in, I guess. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, so far I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. So I got to say, I had one of these, I guess, about a week and a half, two weeks ago on Rooster's recommendation, and I purchased it in a humidor at a big retailer. And I was just having, happened to be driving by. I purchased it in the humidor, and then I sat down and immediately smoked it. And what a difference versus the one that Rooster gave us tonight. I'm, I'm assuming it's in humidity and the way it was kept there. But this is smoking so much better. The flavor is so much more rounded. And that, that goes to the point. I know I'm a, a preacher on this topic, but humidity is just so important, you know, how you keep your sticks. Yeah, I mean, the, the takeaway is just don't overdo it. To your point, as someone who travels a lot for work, I am always very confused why when you go into these tobacco shops and cigar lounges all over the country and you pick up a cigar in their humidor, they're way over-humidified. They're spongy. Uh, yeah. They, I, I don't know why folks can't just keep their humidity level below 70. Even. I mean, you pick some of these up, you, they, uh, some of these places, it's got to be 74 75%. It's way too high. Then you get you get the what's the the plume, yep, <laughs> the they, box yeah. the box of my father in the corner that hasn't been touched in like ten years. <laughs> and I love that they sell it as plume when it is actually mold. But yeah. they've they've rebranded mold as plume to sell in a retail <laughs> store as like some age component. Wow, you know? This is really special. Look at look at this. Look at the plume on it. The plume on it. Yeah, but you know you walk into a humidor like that, and this is a big place where I went. It was a massive place. It wasn't a little shop. And you walk in and you can see the humidification devices off the ceiling just spraying water as if you're in like a greenhouse somewhere, like yeah. buying tomatoes. <laughs> and you're sticky when you walk out. It's true. You know, and Very I true. just, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't planning on smoking at the time. I was happened to be driving by. I didn't bring my own sticks. Could, but that, could that be because of the foot traffic that comes, that goes in and out of the humidor? Maybe they need to keep it a little higher. Lots I'm, getting out. No, it's probably just, just that, lack of diligence and yeah. wherewithal. I've been in places that don't even have a walk-in humidor, and they just have these big glass sort of cabinets that you slide open. With the tubos? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny you say with the tubos because that's really your only safe bet when you're in a place like that. I was in Asheville, North Carolina a few months ago, and I know I sent you guys all a photo because I got some cigar that was loose that was way, way too wet. The humidity was way too high, and I didn't enjoy the cigar and then I said, okay, I want another cigar. And this place was really strict. You couldn't bring your own. You couldn't pay a cutting fee. We were talking about this thing, Rooster, you've experienced this in North Carolina. They're insanely strict about bringing any cigars of your own into these places. And so I found a Padron, uh, what's the Padron Tubo? Presidente the or Presidente. Soberano? 
Yeah. It was the Presidente, and it was fantastic because that tubo had sort of protected, lowered the humidity inside there. That was the only thing I could smoke in that whole place was, was cigars and tubos. I love that cigar. Oh, great stick. It's a great, great stick. And you know what's interesting, too, about this humidity discussion is that, you know, New World cigars or non-Cuban cigars are so much less sensitive to humidification changes. If you take them in a, you know, we talked about with the Exclusivo, uh, you know, however many episodes back about how you can throw that in a plastic bag and take it for a week and it'll smoke great. But they're clearly humidifying them at such a high level that, like you said, they've got to be in the mid 70s, even close to 80, the way that you pick up these sticks. And the one I had did feel spongy. I had already purchased it, whatever. But it just, it smoked like shit. You know, you, you, you kind of feel like bad like these days, especially during COVID. Like, you know, you're in there like touching the sticks. You know, I mean, but that's the way, you know, if you want to feel a stick, how bad the humidity is. I mean, if it's, if it's, it should have a little bit of give, but it shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to press on it that it should be that spongy. Mm-hmm. You right? can tell, you can also tell by the wrapper if the wrapper is a little soft, you know? Yeah. And it's got that little haze, right? I like to feel the tomatoes. Mm. <laughs> Squeeze them tomatoes. Easy. Easy. And, you know, to your point, Talk Rooster, to your point, Rooster, I mean, you're spending 20, 25 bucks a stick on, on something like this. It's a special cigar. You know, it should be kept well. You know, right. you're supporting the business. You're buying from them. You're not bringing your own stuff in. The least you can ask for is a cigar that's well kept. And if you're a manufacturer, you've got to be pissed when you have retailers carrying your product that... I mean, perfect example, you said, Gizmo, that you smoked this. It was obviously way too wet. You didn't enjoy it that much. And, and if, if you're Davidoff, you're sitting there saying, well, you know, why do we distribute to you if you're not going to store cigars properly like they're meant to be kept? Yeah, but Davidoff doesn't have the manpower to go around every single retailer and oh, inspect their sticks. Sure, sure. So it, it's, you know, it's the proprietor. It's his responsibility to keep the sticks at a, at a proper level. We should, we should recommend Costco make a humidor. They would do a great job. Oh, I'm sure Rooster's already working on this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's got the the consumer eye. I mean, if Costco can sell diamonds and jewelry, they can sell cigars. They sell sell cars and motorcycles. And I feel like, but I feel like I've seen pictures of small Amazon. I feel like I've seen pictures of of Costco's that actually do have some cigars. They do have seen cigars. Yeah, I've seen some. Not, Not anything that you guys would smoke. So he says you guys as if he's if he if well, he's I mean, different I would definitely not smoke i mean like you guys would that's smoke. Coming, that's coming you guys you guys would smoke it <laughs> i mean they have some like really bad you know i saw like la fincas and uh we wouldn't smoke those not, not, part, not part of What's the connoisseur corner never, never what is that? Of that never heard of it google it it was the number one cigar in like i don't know 2000 another ca ranking another ca ranking <laughs> Like an idiot, I went out and bought a box. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. You have a ham. So you have you have a tendency to, to be no, spurious no, 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 no. and I've, I've <laughs> to buy better. boxes. I've gotten better. I've learned my lesson. You, you have. I only really? buy aged, aged sticks. <laughs> so so aged. the tendency is still there, but you've <laughs> just kind of refined a your. from 1998. Yeah. <laughs> what do I, you guys think? I love how this smells uh, where it's burning at the at the. Floor. The aroma actually it's is so, it is nice. The, the aroma is phenomenal. Yeah. For, for, uh, for the price point, for a Davidoff, I mean, it's pretty good. It's, it's great. I, I'm really, really impressed. I right. told you. I said, and I, you know, we smoked the Chef's Edition. The, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, Chef's Edition the other day, which was around like a little over 40 bucks. This is half the price. 
Yeah. And the amount of satisfaction that you get out of this full flavor. Yep. I mean, you can't beat You can't, can't beat, beat it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, and the reason I'm surprised by this, I think I said this in a previous episode when we reviewed the, the Chef's Edition. I'm always very skeptical of these limited release cigars from Davidoff because I think some of them, like the Chef's Edition that we reviewed, are outstanding. But to me, the majority of them are not anything great that I would buy again. And so I was skeptical of this stick. I know Rooster has been talking about it and saying that we would like this cigar. Gizmo described his experience to me with this, and it didn't sound all that promising. But I'm really glad that you brought so, these because I'm yeah, really Now impressed. you know who to listen to. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I qualified it. Well, Gizmo it, had a bad stick. So. I, I think it was just way overhumidified. This is, it's, if you told me this was a completely different stick, I would, I would believe you versus what I had a couple weeks ago. It was just... It's not even close. So I, I mean, I I've never had a bad I've never had a bad Davidoff ever. Oh, I sure. Have. I certainly have. I never. I have. certainly. I lo- yeah. I, everything the in the Toro. wine is, some, is the something. The Millennium I, Toro. It's not I really bad. enjoy. I mean, you call it bad. It's not consistent. Really? It just yeah. doesn't yeah, smoke. I'm sorry. Right. The Millennium Toro I will call bad, and the reason I will say it's that not consistent. You know, we have reviewed on this podcast ten dollars cigars that burn razor sharp, evenly, well constructed, all of that, and the fact that you spend. $25, $30 on a Millennium Toro and it doesn't even burn well. It's $27. And, and then because yeah. of that, you know, you're drawing harder on the cigar. The flavors are getting muddled and harsh. Uh, it's inexcusable for a brand like Davidoff to produce cigars that do that. Inexcusable. Yeah. And you go to the pyramid, it's much more interesting. Smokes much better. That's right. Fantastic flavor. I think any, any, the well, wrapper is different. It's beautiful on a pyramid. Any, I think their power alley is Robusto. They may every and Churchill and Churchill mm-hmm. and Churchill. That's true. They're so good. You know, going back to our discussion on humidity for a second, I think, you know, certainly I've learned as I've gotten, you know, I moved from Tupperware uh, into my tower. Now I have that Remington uh, espresso tower. Um, and I think a couple of us have, and you, you have a different one, uh, Senator tower, tower, of power. Power. tower of power. So, you know what I've, what I've found, I mean, going back to our discussion of being a tobacconist, I mean, we're hobbyists. We love to smoke. We smoke a lot. Like, to me, it, it's, I keep my eye on that humidor to make sure it's right where I want it, you know, especially as the seasons are changing, the ambience changing in my basement, you know, where, the, where I keep my tower. It's really important to keep your sticks kept well. And it's, it's frustrating to me as a consumer that retailers aren't putting the work in that I, as a consumer, am doing at home. You know, I do this as a hobby. You guys are selling this. I don't understand why it's so hard to keep the sticks well, especially a non-Cuban that you can keep it anywhere between 62 probably and 72. I I have a solution for this. Here we go. Go ahead. So I have a water softener in my house and (laughs) I get a delivery every however many months where, you know, a company comes and they deliver salt to put in my water softener. Mm -hmm. I feel like Gizmos <laughs> should start a, a cigar kitty litter business where every few months he comes to these cigar retailers, drops off a few pounds of kitty litter, and all these problems would be solved. I would fix all their problems with my kitty litter. By the way, for the listener, I don't use kitty litter as you would think. It's not like fresh scoop. <laughs> Are you sure about litter. that? It is dry, silica, silica unscented, and Pellets. it's just cheaper in that you know, retail setting at Petco. <laughs> dry it's not kitty litter but he gets it from Petco. Petco I do but it's just dry silica it's made for cats who have some sort of like 
<laughs> allergy to traditional kitty litter. But let me tell you something. I get a bag of it for 20 bucks. I've had one bag forever. I've given Rooster some. I've given Pooba some. Back. He gave it back. He gave it back. He and did? Then, and, then my, it back? and then my floor uh, received the rest of it. Oh, <laughs> that was a faulty bag. It was, yeah. That was Rooster's fault, <laughs> wait, not wait. mine. You gave it back? I didn't use it. Oh. His ambient must be better than mine. But well, he made me a fan that worked fantastic. That's true. So Gizmo. So to me, it's like the humidity thing. It's just it's so easy. You just got to keep your eye on it to regulate it. And I don't understand why these guys aren't doing it, especially when they're selling sticks that are, you know, twenty five bucks for a robusto. For other listeners that have a large humidor, a tower humidor, you don't necessarily need kitty litter. There are other options out there. I just I have to put this out. Very simple solution. It's called Cigar Oasis. They have those silica beads that come with it that regulate not just increasing humidity, but it can actually reduce the humidity when your humidor gets too high. So there are a number of ways to do this. And the easiest way for folks who don't have towers, and I know that we're lucky that we do, you know, Bovida is certainly the way to go. You know, Bovida packs are the way to go. And if you're keeping it, if you're keeping your sticks in a, in a sealed container, meaning plastic, not a wood desktop humidor or something that leaks or the door is opening a lot, but you, you want to you trend light on the I, Bovida. I mean, I think you can, like, a Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware door, right? Tupperware works great with a Bovida. But it like does, the, but it runs a little hot. So if, let's say, you have a 69 Bovida in Tupperware, it's going to be closer to 70, 71, 72. So on the temp, on the no, on the on the humidity, they run a little hot there's when there's no not, airflow. The, when there. there's not airflow, that and that's why I built the fan that I did. You know, the battery fan for my tower is just to move air, even though it's a sealed container. It's just to try to regulate that humidity a little better. So for the listener that's probably asking, what what should you store your cigars at in terms of humidity? A great question. I mean, I'll, I'll start. Uh, Gizmo is the scientist on on all of this, so I know he's going to have strong thoughts, but I feel like for a, a New World cigar, anything from the Dominican, Nicaragua, usually has a thicker wrapper, anywhere from 65 to 69, and you're in good shape. For a Cuban, anything from 62 to 65 would, would be my preference, but feel free to yeah, agree, disagree. That's ideal. Yeah, that is ideal. I'm way more scientific about it. I keep my Cubans at exactly 62 and I keep my non-Cubans uh, exactly at 65, 66. Well, that's a variance on the hygrometer. My hygrometer only moves one-tenth of one percent <laughs> in any 24-hour period. And how do you know it's accurate? Oh, I know. Calibrated. Calibration, I calibrated. Baby. I have eight of them in there. Yeah, he pounds two Bloody Marys before he <laughs> reads the, uh, the reading. <laughs> Calibration. That's a lizard uh, manifesto. All right, boys, we're about halfway through here on the, mm-hmm. the Davidoff. I'm really enjoying it. I am too. It's so good. It's a it's very a good, good stick. stick. Very good rooster. Are you guys to, are you guys having any changes? Is it similar to, to when you lit it? What are you what are you feeling? No. I it's it's same. It's it's awesome. It's still less awesome. spice, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's less, definitely chilled out a little bit. It has chilled out. Yeah. I, I feel like midway through it's the same flavor profile, but it, it gets a little creamier, which I really like. I'm still getting a hint of dry fruit. All the way through, yeah. To me, it's very... It, this is going to be a weird comment. To me, it's very satisfying in the back of my throat versus finish, some other cigars. The f- yeah, the finish is delicious. It's, it's very nice. Like, after you take your draw, you, you, you push the air out. It's sitting really nicely in my mouth oh, yeah. after. Yeah. Have you had to touch this at all? 
once. I, I did I, once. I, I, had, I did, actually. I, I have not. Yeah. I have not. Yeah. I did one time. Once I had to I do a once, small touch. On this. So would you guys buy this? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I've got to wait till we finish this cigar to, to definitively say, but I am very, very impressed yeah. so far. I think this cigar for me would be something I'd put this in the category of the first cigar we ever did. Not, not from a rating standpoint. We'll get there. Obviously we're not finished with it yet, but, um, but to me, this is something I'd smoke a couple times a year. I'm not going to go for this all the time. This is a special occasion cigar for me. Something I, you know, like the Partagas Maduro one, this is something I'll reach for every once in a while, but I'm not going to pull this out a couple Why? times a week or once a week. I don't know. It just it, it it I don't know where this would fit in my regular rotation. To me, this is a specialty stick. It's something that offers me something a little different. You know, I'd kind of put this in my bench and I'd I'd pick it when I want to have something a little different. You it's know, a I, good, it's I, a good after dinner smoke. I think it's got a lot of flavor. It's definitely you full. Know, it's got a lot of spice, flavor, sweetness. A, you know, a lot of like woodiness, wood flavors, oak. Dried fruit, like you said. Yeah, th this would be great after a, a big meal. I mean, I think of a Davidoff that I thought would be great after a big meal and was really disappointing. I was at a steakhouse. This was my birthday, actually, a couple of years ago. I was at a steakhouse, and Davidoff had come out with that year, that 515 Madison. Do you remember that stick? And they described it as a really full, intense cigar. And I said, well, that'll be perfect after a steak. And it was incredibly disappointing. This cigar would have been perfect after a big meal like that. So for me, honestly, I'm enjoying this more and more. I, it's getting it's better. Amazing. Yeah, it's getting better and better for me. I almost, you know, I, I guess we talk about this sometimes with, with Davidoff, but I almost wish they made this in a Churchill. I would mm -hmm. love to try this blend in a it Churchill. May smoke, it may, may smoke they differently. They a Toro, right? Yeah, I Toro. Had, I had the Toro. No I prefer, Toros. I prefer this. I prefer the Robusta size. Okay. I'm not surprised by that because I have yet to have an outstanding Davidoff Toro. And I don't know why with a larger ring gauge with Davidoff. I'm not saying that they've all been bad, but I haven't been blown away in the way that I have been with a Davidoff Churchill of different lines of theirs with a, plenty of Davidoff Robustos like this with a, a Davidoff Pyramid. I just, the Toros for me in Davidoff have not, Knock my socks off right. in any of their lines. Agreed. I think, Agreed. I think, I think that goes back to, you know, Henke and his pedigree and, you know, his Cuban, you know, how he's blended cigars historically. He blends with that mindset. You know, he's got that, you know, paradigm, to use that word again, for what this, what a good cigar should be. And that's what he kind of bakes. That's the, his recipe is baked around that, you know. And anything yeah. else, and, and deviating out, deviating deviating outside of that is maybe i don't you know he's he's fantastic right but it might be a little too far gone from so davidoff has lost two of their blenders right hanky and uh aliados yeah they're both gone so i'm curious to see what direction davidoff goes with their blending styles you gotta you gotta think they have you know next up right oh, i'm sure yeah. i'm sure they do and you know imagine like to carry all the different blends that they make, how much tobacco they house, how much is grown, how many acres and acres of tobacco that they grow and how much they have and how much, you know, I mean, every, every cigar that's put out by Davidoff 
has at least four to five years of aged tobaccos in them. Yeah. So curious to see what you know who the next blender is. Well, I like I like those Davidoffs that they come out with like just the numbers and they, it's like a big box of the mas- know, the master blends. Yeah, the master blend number and, one through the fifteen and the and the, the vaults. And, yeah, you know those are batch. those are those are you know batch cigars that they're not producing mass quantities of, but are, they probably, probably just says lying around. It's like we got to move this shit, you know. Yeah. How many master blends did you say there are, Rooster? Fifteen. And I think you're probably the only lizard that has smoked all fifteen of those, right? I have, yeah. I remember you yeah. got a hell of a deal on all those. I, I missed out on that. I yeah. should. We I all we all them. missed out on that. Yeah, yeah. that was a great uh, that was great, a great deal. Buy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the best uh, cigars I've ever had was a Davidoff Macau. Oh, I've heard of that. That was like I still I still like I get chills thinking about it. Still, it was one of the best cigars I ever had. And that was, I don't even, do you, I don't think you can find them anymore. They, they, they don't even blend them anymore. How long, how long ago did they make that? Oh, I would say 2017 or 18 was when it came out. Yeah. There is a new Davidoff Japan that, that uh, I've seen a lot of people give it some high praise. There's a rooster. No, I haven't had it. <laughs> I saw that they just put out the Year of the Tiger. Did you guys see that cigar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty wild, short, pretty short wild torpedo. wrapper. Yeah, it's a torpedo, and it it has a uh, it has like a, streaks. Yeah, it's like it's like a tiger, streak, I guess, yeah. like streaks in it. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it has like a Connecticut, like hybrid or I guess blended wrapper. I don't know how they do is it. Is it like the 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 uh, barbershop thing? No, it's not, not really, as but. it's not as explicit as that. But it's definitely you. You look at it. It's like okay, I get why they call this. Year have you ever had one of those? No, they're so bad. Who makes those? There's a there's a old school tobacconist in uh, Little Italy that makes them um, that people like flock to during San Gennaro and just get like you know batches of them. It's not that it's not good. It's not good. I gotta say, I went to a uh, like a birthday party wedding type thing, probably about a month ago. And there was a guy there. He hired the the guy who was throwing the party. Hired one of those guys that comes and rolls cigars at your party or your wedding. And I brought a couple cigars with me. And I know that I'm snooty, you know, like we all are. But I had one of those cigars. It was probably <laughs> the worst cigar I've ever had in my life. And this guy was probably paid like a thousand bucks for the night. It was That's horrendous. Not bad. It was not bad at all. It was horrendous. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't get that. You know, I'm, I, if if you're gonna have a guy that's like rolling it in front of you for someone that likes cigars, you know that when they roll them, they they sit. A good cigar sits for a bit. Of course. Bit, and you're seeing it and you're rolling it and you're like, I don't want to, you know. It beats a jumpy house. <laughs> what? <laughs> a bouncy, a bouncy. A jumpy house. Jumpy house. <laughs> <laughs> Jumpy the kids out. going and jumping and saying, oh, and jumpy house. <laughs> to me, for a thousand bucks, get like three or four boxes of exclusivos and just put them on a table. Yeah. Right? That's or, true. Put, you know, or Partagas D4s or something like right. exactly. Senator does when he throws a party, you know? That's right. That's the way to do it. Can I just say on Davidoff, this has always confused me how this is even possible. But you've heard of the Davidoff Oro Blanco? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You heard of this, Dick? I haven't heard it. This, this cigar, Davidoff sells a box of 10. It's the most expensive cigar they make. I have to suspect this is the most expensive cigar that exists. 
They sell true. it in a box of 10. Well, sorry, not in Rooster's Humidor. I know there are more expensive. <laughs> not in my humidor. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, in route. Have you yes, heard are. of the Gurkha? <laughs> <laughs> but, but for us, uh, plebes, uh, you know, this plebes. may be the most expensive cigar. They sell a box of 10 for $5,000 retail. Oh, it's $500 per stick. Wow. This is one of the things that pisses me off about Davidoff. And I'm saying this, I'm, I'm loving this cigar. I'm looking forward to when we rate this. I'm probably going to give this a very good score. Yeah, me too. But when I say I get really frustrated with that brand, there's no fucking cigar out there that should cost $500 that is going to be that much better than any cigar that we can buy at $20, $30, $40, $50 a stick. It's just outrageous to 18, me. 17, right. even less. Yeah, it's crazy. That's it's crazy. Got, you know what it has in it? Why is Crack? it called the Oro Blanco? <laughs> it has gold flakes in it. Jesus. Oh, it's gold leaf? Because I, mean, I, I love, I, I love, love the taste of gold. It really adds a lot of flavor. <laughs> I, I love the idea of that, but I still won't spend five hundred. No, I hate that's the crazy. Idea. That's, that's crazy. That is like it's insane. You really, you're really trying to overcompensate if you buy a box of those. Agree. Yeah, bam, this, bam. this is just getting better and better. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, my ranking is like <laughs> growing in my mind. Bam right is now. down to the nub. Not, <laughs> not yet. Not Did I yet. say twenty dollars? It's forty. Okay, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back next year. This is really good. Yeah, I think a lot of listeners would get a lot of pleasure out of this cigar. It's very satisfying. Definitely a must yeah. try. There's if you no, had a, no if, doubt. If you had to pair this with a meal other than a Casa hot dog, what would you pair it with? It's, it's, that'd be great after a steak dinner. Let's not use steak dinner because I feel like I that's think like, something. I think if we went, if we went to uh, something that was spicy like Mexican or Indian or something like that, I think it would pair really mm, well with that. I don't know. Because I, I, I feel like it would... It would it would mute my palate. There's so much flavor in this. I don't want. I don't want the taste buds to be like on Poultry, a hangover. Maybe a good chicken meal. I would say like a French, French meal, chicken. You know, cocovan. Cocovan. Volavan. I think. I think this cigar would pair. And I'm not a wine guy, but I think this would pair very well with wine. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think this would do it very would. well with wine. Like Joseph Phelps. Can we can we can we crack open a bottle? I would love that, yeah. Senator. <laughs> Senator, a deep Cabernet. I, I have with to this? go into the vault for that. Oh wow! <laughs> Speaking of vaults, I mean we're busting roosters' balls, but Senator has quite a collection of wine in his cellar. I do love wine. He's a wine guy. So how many how many bottles of wine do you think you? Okay, let's let's go first. How many how many bottles of wine do you buy a week? I usually. For a while now, I've now slowed down because I had a storage issue where I was running out of places for it. I had to clear out a storage closet in my basement and make that into essentially a cellar to just have the reserve space to store a lot more. But for a while, every weekend I was buying a case, so mm-hmm. a case a week. Wow. And, w- and was your was your quantity uh, level? I mean, I consume a lot. I was just going to, that's where I'm going. (laughs) Do you drink it in the shower? Well, not not in the shower like Puba, but to to your point, you know, it was so funny. I I feel like a colleague of mine had heard I'm a big wine guy and was asking me like, oh, I hear you have a really, uh, I hear you have a really big wine collection. I said, well, I'm not sure how much I would call it a collection because wine doesn't last very long in my house. I buy a lot of wine, but we also consume a lot of wine, so... Um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm sort of, I guess, like rooster in that, you know, cigars are meant to be consumed. They're meant to be smoked. And Absolutely. I feel the same way about wine. There are very, very few bottles of wine that are going to last more than a few years in my cellar. Some maybe I've left for five or more years, but 
the vast majority, they're there to drink and share when, you know, we're hosting dinner parties or stuff like that. I mean, you're not, you're not buying like Bordeaux and stuff and storing them, letting them sit for a while. No, I'm not a huge Bordeaux guy, believe it or not. I mean, I actually like a lot of new world wine. Um, so like I'm a big California, you know, Napa cab guy. Um, I would say probably the wine I enjoy least is Italian wine. I've really tried to make an effort to get into Italian wine. I found one Chianti, a Reserva that I really liked that shockingly did extremely well one year in, in Wine Spectator. Um, and I, I, I got a case or two of that that I, I'm still holding. But um, for the most part, outside of New World Wine, there are a lot of good French wines. Just I'm not all in on Bordeaux because some of them can be so dr- just bone dry that I just don't really love the the flavor in that. I mean, Oregon's got some great wine now. There, there's so many good wines. So do you, do you Pinots out of Oregon, right? A lot. That's exactly right. I mean, the Willamette Valley in Oregon is it makes some of the best Pinot in the world. Would you would you consider that as like a side hustle? Become a sommelier? I was just thinking. So that. I, I always joke. I, I've said this to my wife, uh, and, and and I think she's on board with this because I remember the first year we went out to Napa. I was so excited as as a as a wine person to go out and spend a lot of time in Napa. My wife, she likes drinking wine, but she's, I, at the time at least, didn't appreciate wine the same way I did. And we left that trip, and, and her first question was, can, can we retire out here? This is amazing. She loved it. And so I've always, half-jokingly, but I'm, I'm actually pretty serious at this point, I would love to retire someday and actually try to become like a, a master psalm. Nice. I, I would have cool. so much fun. Well, you have the cigar that. element covered. That's right. Yeah, you do. Because that is part of the exam, I think. Am I wrong? I think it is. I don't know that it's part of the exam. I but think they have, way, to, I mean, they have to like they have to like understand different cigars, different origins of cigars. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I didn't see that. But 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 to your point about that, I mean, you know, to appreciate cigars and review them in the way they do, you know, your palate's gotta be able to pick out those flavor notes and things like that. And you know, we did a we've done blind tastings on this podcast, and it, it's hard to guess. And when you're a master psalm, I mean, you've got to pick out the the region, right, the, the grape, grape, the region, the year. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so difficult, but that's what makes it really fun. When you drink enough of it, just like when you smoke enough cigars, you're you're able to pick a lot of that out. So when you you were telling us about your plans for the holidays, so I know that you do a lot of pairings with your your holiday meals when you have guests over and whatnot. What's your ratio? Like, how many wines do you try generally before you kind of settle on one? Yeah, for each a, meal. It's, it's a great question. It's so funny. One of my colleagues recently was asking me, they said, oh, for the holidays, they're asking Thanksgiving, Christmas, do you, um, do you choose a number of wines that, that you sort of, you know, let people choose from, or do you do a sort of tasting, uh, wine tasting menu? And at this point, I have so much fun with this. So for Thanksgiving, you know, an ap- absolutely a, a wine tasting menu, um, red and wine pairing. So red and white, um, Christmas will be the exact same way. There'll be different wines paired with each course. And to, to Gizmo's uh, question, because if you've ever had dinner at my house, you know how much I love wine. And so the expectations are, are very high in terms of the wine that you're going to drink with the meal. So I can't serve a disappointing bottle of wine. So Gizmo has been here, and, and actually Grinder was. I mean, for Thanksgiving, I must have tried... So there was a particular Pinot Noir that I really wanted to have for Thanksgiving that I had years ago at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Uh, My family, we did Thanksgiving there. Fantastic restaurant. If you haven't been to New Orleans, it's by far easily top three, if not the best. 
And I had this great wine. It's a very particular year and I couldn't source it anymore. They're out of that vintage. They, they obviously don't make it anymore. And everyone has clearly drank it up at this point. Which one is it? It was a Sonoma Coutrere bottle. I think it was 2017. Okay. And when I couldn't find that, I said, all right, now I really got to figure out what I'm going to do. So I must have tried maybe eight different bottles of Pinot in a week or two span just to pick what I was, <laughs> which Pinot was going to be part of just one pairing at Thanksgiving dinner. And these guys were here for one of them. I mean, we were drinking a bottle of uh, GoldenEye Pinot Noir, which is made by Duckhorn. Fantastic Pinot for anyone out there that's looking for a good Pinot. Um, I first tried it at Duckhorn in Napa years ago. And um, I think the, the two lizards who were here with me tasting it all enjoyed it. And uh, It was fantastic. I wonder how much of your, um, uh, how much of your expertise or expectation by your <laughs> guests is self-imposed. Well, I was just going to say something. I love the pursuit of excellence. That's true. That, that he takes with his wines. It's admirable. really is. So can you recommend a sub-$20 bottle? <laughs> sub that's 20? a good, great yeah, question. A great question. Like, well, you mean right that's at a great $20? Question. I mean, like yeah. an everyday well, wine. Well, we know, we know what he'll it's, recommend. Uh, it's we a know. great question. It's a great question. I, I mean, in every wine shop, that's the million-dollar question. If you go into a wine store and you ask them, what's a good $20 everyday bottle of red or cab especially, try what they recommend, and if you enjoy it, you know you found a good wine shop that knows wine. If you hate it, you know you found a bad wine good shop. Good advice. Yeah, that's a and very so good advice. That's like the first question I ask every single place I walk in. And I think what's readily available now for uh, it's about 18, 20 bucks a bottle, Oberon Cab. Yep. Yeah, it's very These good. guys have all tried it with we me love at that one now. point or another. Yeah, we love it. It's one of the best everyday drinking reds that, that you can buy dollar for dollar. So that's always a go to. I mean, if you're going to someone's house and you want to bring a $20 bottle of wine that people are going to drink and actually really enjoy. I mean, that that's always going to do it. What about a good blend? A good blend. So my, my favorite blend, I'm actually serving this. This is on the holiday list. Um, Robert Craig Howell Mountain Cuvée. So I'm always looking for value in wine. Anyone who just, when I know someone doesn't really know wine, if they just name a bunch of really expensive brands and all of that, I know they don't know wine because anybody can do that, right? It's not hard to know that Cambus makes a great wine. It's not hard to know that, Cade makes an excellent cab. Howell Mountain is one of the most prestigious Cabernet growing regions in Napa. Any wine out of Howell Mountain is going to start at $100 and go well north of that. Robert Craig Howell Mountain Cuvée is a red blend. It's a Bordeaux-style blend, but New World, where it's not bone dry. It's got, it's got flavor that I think a lot of us would appreciate. And the price point for what that delivers is outrageous. I think it goes for like $40 a bottle. It drinks like an $80, $100 bottle of Howell Mountain wine. Outstanding value. Are there certain notes that you pursue in a wine? Do you like a fruity wine? Do you like, do you pursue that? Yeah. So I, I like a, a very balanced wine that has, you know, certainly some fruit to it, but I don't like, you know, so, so Wagner is one of the big famous wine guys. Um, I mean, his cheap labels are uh, Mayomi Pinot Noir, which I think is way too sweet. Uh, Belle Glose, you know the, the the bottle of wine with the red wax that's over the top of it? Yeah, it's almost yep. like the Maker's yeah. Mark bottle. Um, he's He makes that as well, and that gets very high marks. But for me, that's just, it's too sweet. It's too jammy, a lot of his wines. Another accessible wine he makes, Bowen, that I'm sure plenty of people drank for Thanksgiving this year. 
Um, I like very balanced wines that are a little on the dry side, but still have enough fruit. Um, and then sometimes some really complex flavors. I mean, a wine I used to love, now they've, they've honestly, they've ruined it. Um, I, I don't drink it anymore, but Trefethen, um has this earthy quality about it. it. It honestly reminds me of a Padron Exclusivo, how we were describing the- <laughs> Oh, let's the, pair like, that, please. Can we pair that? Sort of forest in there. That was one cab that you get those flavors from, and it was outstanding. And for whatever reason, years later, I mean, I used to drink that wine years ago, and now it, it's nothing like that. It's just a fruit bomb. It's it's not that. Good. Maybe so, your palate I got, changed. I, I got a question for you. Are you opposed to drinking wines that don't have a cork? So I will say this. I and does really, that does that matter? So uh, there are plenty of people who will argue that it does not matter. I'm a very I'm I'm a traditionalist in a lot of ways. I think you guys know this about me. Um, I'm also just a purist in a lot of things. I like simple, clean, traditional things. I hate screw tops. <laughs> I really hate them. I mean, honestly, I, perfect example. When I was trying all these Pinot Noirs and, and, and Giz and, and Grinder were here, obviously, for one of them, there was a Pinot I was considering that was made by Paul Hobbs, which is a renowned winemaker that had a screw top. And I, I literally, just because I'm such a traditionalist, I could not serve a screw top red at Thanksgiving, so I wouldn't even try the wine. Mm -hmm. wow. So I just, I like a cork. Very telling. I think a cork is critical for aging. So when I see a screw top wine, all that tells me is sure, maybe it's, it's, it's great to drink right now, but the aging potential is clearly not there for that wine, which to me then suggests that it's not all that, there's not much complexity in that wine or there's not much complexity that can be brought out in it. So who knows? I may be wrong. Years from now, I may feel differently, but I, I just... But what, what does the cork do to the wine? Oh, well, I, I mean, I think... How would it enhance the aging process? So in the aging process, you obviously, you don't want oxygen getting into that wine bottle. And I struggle to understand how a screw top... I mean, it's a perforated seal, right? You just... There, there are little thin areas where it's not fully sealed That's so that true. you can easily twist that open. So I think that it is a lot easier over time for very small amounts of air to seep in there. Again, I could be wrong. This is just my impression. But wouldn't that happen to the cork, like if it expands or contracts? Not if you're storing it the way that it's supposed to. That's why wine storage is very important. Right. So what, what about... Um, box So wines. I have... I have uh, <laughs> no, no fucking box wines. I have, I, have, I have family members that will, you know, they'll, they'll have a good bottle of wine and they'll have a couple of glasses and they'll put the cork back on and then they won't finish it and they'll just put it in their wine cellar and be like, you know, no a way. month and a half later, they'll be like, oh, I have no. this great bottle. No. And I'm like, no, no good. It, it's done. You, you drink, you open it and you drink it maybe a day later. And if it's a white, maybe you put it in the fridge and maybe last two days. But and my wife does this all the time where she, you know, I'll, you know, she'll, she'll put it in the fridge and I'm like, this is garbage. Like you've had this here for two weeks. Just dump it. You got to get the wine saver. So there's a, there's a secret to this. Got to get the oxygen, the air out of it. <clears throat> exactly. There's, there's a $15 secret to this. Any listener who. Corvinus. Well, no, cause a, a Corvino is going to cost you $200 for, for one of those. And, and those are for. I won't even get into that because that that's for a level of wine drinker that is not 99% of the world. But what is for 99% of the world, including myself, when you open, you know, a little too much wine and you're not able to finish that bottle and you do want to save it and still preserve 
its integrity and that flavor profile. No exaggeration on Amazon.com for 15 bucks. You can get this little device and it comes with these, these rubber stoppers. So you just put the stopper in the top of the bottle. You vacuum seal all the air out of the wine bottle and it completely seals it off. And I was skeptical of this at first. I think my father had gotten me this as a, a stocking stuffer one Christmas and I use it to this day. It will keep any bottle of wine. I've even used it on champagne and this really, champagne doesn't, that goes quickly. But New Year's, sometimes I'm a little overzealous opening too many bottles. And <laughs> I realize at the end of the night, okay, maybe you just I just want to use that saber. <laughs> That's a but given. But when I use the saber, I can't reseal that. That's true. That's but a given. It's, it's, it's the end of the night, and I decide to open a magnum when we really just need another glass or two of wine. Even with champagne, <laughs> if you throw that stopper in there and the, use the vacuum seal, it will keep the perfect level of carbonation. It doesn't lose anything. So 15 bucks will solve all your problems. I, I'm really enjoying this cigar. What are you guys getting in this last third of this? So I will say I was not expecting much when I started this cigar. I really wasn't. I was a, pes a little pessimistic. You're fucking serious. Yes, I'm fucking serious. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm getting amazing flavor. And for me, it's just getting better and better. You're a Davidoff guy. I am. Right? I am. Way from my ranking. Ooh. Knock your socks off. Grinder, what are you getting? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm halfway through. <laughs> I'm not sucking it down. I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting this. I'm getting this. I, I don't think it changed much for me. It's still fantastic. Still the same cedar. Still the same, you know, earthy kind of, I don't want to use oaky, but, you know. It's woody. Woody. It's definitely woody. There's no doubt about that. It's a woodsy. It's a woodsy cologne. <laughs> Senator, what about you? For me, the thing that makes me happiest about this cigar is that it's held consistent in its flavor profile all the way through. The flavors haven't gotten muddled in the second half like you have happened in some cigars. It's still really smooth, flavorful, delicious. I'm, I'm very happy right now. Yeah, the consistency is surprising. Rooster, what are you thinking? Yeah, it hasn't changed a whole lot. I think it has smoothed off a little bit. I mean, there's still there's still some spice to it. There's still some sweetness. There's it's still woody. Um, the burn is great. The combustion, you know, all of that, and uh, delicious smoke. It is delicious. Are you guys ready to give it a rating? Let's yeah, go. let's do it. Rooster, you're up as always. All right, so I'm gonna. I mean, it's gonna be a high score for me. Very very satisfied with this stick. And especially at that price point, and I think the level of satisfaction that I get out of this, I'm going to give it a 10. Wow. wow. Is that wow. the first 10? Wow. Is that our first 10? No, the exclusive. No. Exclusive had some 10. You guys, you jokers, give me exclusive for 10. <laughs> I gave it a nine. How dare I you? Gave that <laughs> nine. Oh. I'm going to give the cigar a nine. I'm also, and I never imagined I would do this, but I'm going to give it a nine. Grinder? Nine. Nine all the way. 9.2. Wow. Yeah. Very fair score for this cigar. Yeah. So I, I'm, I was honestly, obviously, I, like I said, I smoked this a couple weeks ago. I would have given it a seven at that time, the way it was kept. I, I, I am very surprised with how this has performed tonight. Again, I think just in, uh, under better humidification circumstances, you know, I think it's it just a, performed well. It's a ridiculously good cigar. It's very good. 
It's, what did we give? What did we give the chef's edition? Was that a nine point four? Yes, I think so. Yeah, so I, I, think so. I think that this is a great score for this cigar. It's just under that. Yes, and I think that's where it should slightly. be. I think for half the price. Yeah, yeah. What it's did you say the retail steak. is on this? This is about twenty bucks, twenty five bucks. That, that's a good value. I paid. I think it was two oh four for the box. Honest, honestly, good, good money for value. I don't ever factor cost into my rankings. <laughs> I really don't, because you can spend a lot of money on a, on a horrible cigar. But also the chef's edition is, is 40 bucks, but it's also a Churchill. So you're getting, you know, you're getting an hour and a half, hour 45 out of it. So yeah. to me, the, it, it is a very similar value to price. Yeah. You know? I've said this on, on prior episodes, and I, I, I think it's worth repeating. I, I don't see how you can't factor cost in in some way. It shouldn't be a driving factor by any means. But the reality is if the chef's edition was an $80 stick, I'm sorry, I'm not giving that the same score the same way if an exclusivo was a $40 stick, I'm not giving it the same score. The reason the exclusivo was scored so high is because for $14, I don't think you can find a better stick at that price point. And at $20 for this, it's outstanding. There's right. no better Davidoff at this price point. You, I think you're, you're probably right. right. You're, you're probably right. For me, price is, is the last item for me to think about. That's true. But for the general listener... Mm. You know, to give them some kind of value that this what is you true. get out of the That's 20 dollars, this is a I would say it's a must try Davidoff. Oh, no try. doubt, a must try. Yeah, so I would say at a nine point two, a very very strong recommend on oh, this yeah. cigar. Absolutely. Absolutely, go buy this cigar, try it, see what you like on a single, and buy a box because they're definitely available and they won't be available for long, right? No. I mean, no, they're running out. Yeah, they'll be they'll be out pretty soon. So, a nine point two, gentlemen, thank you, Brewster, thank you for the cigar, and uh, we'll see you My next pleasure. week. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, loungelizardspod at gmail.com. I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you next week.